You're listening to a Word About God podcast. bit of a hiatus from our normal uh, course of action here on the podcast in light of everything that's going on in the United States right now and really the world as far as these racial tensions and a lot of the issues that are being brought to light here in our country, uh, I've realized that this issue of racism, uh, issues of police brutality, of justice, of equality, of all those things, these are all topics that very much affect the church and topics that the church very much should be affecting and conversations that the church should be a part of instead of avoiding. And so we are going to be doing a multi-part series here on the A Word About God podcast where I sit down and have some Zoom conference calls with some friends of mine who are people of color. I've, I've realized that when it comes to this whole conversation that I, of course, have my own opinions and my own input, and all of those come from my own personal upbringing and background and context, and because of that, I can only go so far, I can only say so much, I can only understand so much, and these conversations of diversity require diverse persons to have their input. And so I've decided to take a few episodes of the A Word About God podcast and give some of my friends a platform to speak their minds, to speak their hearts, to let us know what's going on in their world, to give us their opinion and their side of the story, and really hopefully do whatever we can to bring some reconciliation and some peace into this world because we all know, or maybe we don't, but here with a word about God, we emphatically state that all people are created in the image of God. And so therefore, of course, all lives matter, but we do understand that at this point in our history, it's important to emphasize the fact that black lives matter as well. And so this is not about politics. This is not even about being woke or anything like that. This is simply about having a conversation um, about these issues and hearing from people that may see or understand things differently than I do and can hopefully shed some light on this very turbulent time and point us towards Christ and point us towards the solutions that are found in Christ and in the gospel. So thank you all for listening. The very first episode that we have today is with a really good friend of mine. His name's Kyle Jones. Uh, We had a blast hanging out, talking with each other. It had been a while since we had spoken, and Kyle just had some very good Christ-centered, gospel-centered things to say uh, about the whole situation. So I hope you enjoy, and thanks for listening. Is it actually working? I don't know. Can you hear me? Oh, dude, I can hear you so good. Uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dude, I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing really well. It's good. It, it, man, it, oh, I love that this is happening. Dude, I know. I'm sorry it took like a pandemic and the end of the world for me to actually. I <laughs> know. <laughs> 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 it's all good. Oh, man. No, it's good to hear your voice, dude. 
Yeah, I can see you and hear you. So it's good to see you and hear you. Okay. I can hear you, but I can't see you. Oh, I don't know how to fix that. Hold on. Uh I mean, I'm looking at the cup as half full right now. (laughs) What if I hit start? There he is. Uh, (laughs) What's going on? Oh, man. You look incredible, man. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, like in the, in the, the, not even like a regular, just like friend to friend way. I mean, almost maybe a little romantic. I mean, you look good. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. Dude, uh, well, thank you, first of all, for doing this. I mean, just hanging out and. Yeah, 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 sure. I mean, I uh, <laughs> I said in that message I sent you, like, I mean, with everything going on in the world, like, I have my own opinions about everything, but yeah. my world is so, uh, I mean, white for one thing, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but just, I mean, like, I, I feel like my opinion can only go so far, so I'm like, I don't want to just throw out an opinion that, you know, is only going to go so far, you know, I want to hear from people that actually live through, you know, live our black, you know, I mean, right, right, right. For sure. Living that life. And, um, but you also, you had COVID too, man. <laughs> you had that COVID-19. Yeah, I did. I did have it. It was brutal. Oh, was it really? What was like, what was it like? I mean, we can get to the, I just, I want to know what was COVID-19 like? Oh gosh. Uh, the, so my, the, my symptoms started, it was, uh, on a Thursday night and by Friday morning, like I had a virtual uh, doctor's appointment. Okay. Yeah. Cause by this, by this point, everyone's like, if it's not an emergency, like don't go to the doctor or whatever. Right. So I basically had to like FaceTime my doctor. Oh, so yeah, the symptoms started Thursday night. And by Friday I was jokingly like, Oh, let me take my temperature. My temperature was like one Oh one point something. Yeah. So I FaceTime basically had this FaceTime meet my doctor. My doctor was like, yeah, you need to go get tested. Yeah. So, this is horrible. I don't know if you've heard, but there, there are two types. There's the one where they stick a Q-tip up your nose and swivel around in there. And then there's the one yeah, that they yeah. do. Uh, they stick the Q-tip like down your throat and they swivel around in there. The swiveling in either situation just sounds awful. Yeah, that, that's, that's the part that's terrible. So uh, yeah, I got, a, I got a Q-tip stuck, like lodged in my throat. Ugh. And they're like, it'll be 10 seconds. I'm like, all right. So the lady's counting. She's like one, two, and me. I'm I'm already at seven, and she's at three. I'm like, what are you doing? Right. She's uh, like looking at her phone, and yeah, she's like, oh, oh, sorry, six. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so the the test was awful, but I made it through. No tears, no gagging. So I was like, all right, no throwing oh. up. Uh, but um, for me, the sickness it was just like the flu times a hundred. Like a, yeah. We're talking body aches, chills, headaches, nausea, yeah. loss of appetite. It was it was brutal. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you survived. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> how how are you and your family? Is everyone healthy, sane? sane? Yeah, yeah, dude. Montana is like social distancing happens on a daily basis, anyways, because you know we just all live so far apart from one another. Um, so yeah, we've all been good. I, yeah, we you know work has been weird jana lost some work for a while but i mean things are getting back to normal so okay that's good yeah yeah we've all been healthy actually it's weird like the kids usually like they get sick like once a month or something like that like they're always sick um just because they're kids and they you know lick the ground at walmart and stuff (laughs) (laughs) but um 
they just like, they haven't gotten sick at all. Like this whole thing, you know, we're like, well, great. They're going to get a fever next month and we're going to have to think that it's COVID, but now right. they haven't been sick at all. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. Very no, good. It's been good. But yeah, I do know. I'm glad you're doing all right. Um, I just honestly, like, I don't have a huge agenda for this other mm -hmm. than just like, you know, I want to talk story with you. Um, right. I want to get your input on things. I mean, you've, you've been, you know, pretty vocal on social media. Just, I mean, you, you speak your mind really well. And I just want to, I just want to hear you speak your mind, you know, as yeah. a, as a black Christian man with everything that's going on in this country right now, you know, like, what are you feeling? What are your thoughts on it? Your opinions? Just, yeah. I mean, just have at it. The floor basically is yours. Oh man. Uh, gosh. So for me, yeah. As, as a black Christian man, like I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to, uh, process through everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, you know, just with racism and police brutality, I'm like, uh, I'm very much human and I'm very much upset, but like, I'm also Christian. And so I'm trying to like, yeah, be angry, but sin not. And yeah, no, I hear you keep it real and keep it holy all at the same time. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure it out myself. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't even know where to be. I mean, where like, I don't know how to start, how to start these types of conversations, <laughs> Yeah, but we're just kind of going for it. Just let it all out. I don't know. I don't know how to start them either. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if there was a question that we could just like do question by question. Well, yeah. Um, how about, uh, Let's see. I mean, I guess just, I mean, you're, did you grow up in Lancaster? You've been there forever. Is that where you're at now? Still? You are? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yep. I'm still, still here in Lancaster. Yeah. Born and raised here. Okay. Uh, currently still live here. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess my whole life. I've, I, I always, when I think of Pennsylvania, I just think of like Amish country, but like right. over the last five or six years I meet people everywhere not just from Pennsylvania but like from Lancaster like yeah they're everywhere um as it I mean what was it like growing up there I guess like I mean did you feel like you stuck out in a crowd mm. or did you feel like you were pretty much welcome did you run into mm. anything as a kid or even now mm. uh growing up in Lancaster for me um I felt I felt comfortable, like as far as like I grew up in the city. I lived in the city till I was maybe sixteen years old, and then from there, my mom moved us out of the city and more into I wouldn't even say suburbs. Like where I live, it's more like farm area. So like, yeah. there's a lot of like John Deere tractors and I don't know a lot of Ford pickup trucks running yeah, around. Yeah. So my yeah. mom decided to take us out from the city into more of the country farmland area. Um, I will say my discomfort was, uh, being, uh, going to school. Yeah. Um, elementary school for the most part was okay. But then it was about, it was in the sixth grade. I, cause like I grew up without a dad. All right. My mom's mm -hmm. a single mom. She had to be both mom and dad for, for me. Yeah. Um, and even for my older siblings, my older siblings, they, um, my two, my, my brother and sister, they have same mom, same dad. And their dad was kind of around. Whereas, um, you know, my brother and sister's mom is my mom, but I have a different dad. And my dad yeah. was not present 
at all. Um, and so it was in the sixth grade, I kind of realized like, like growing up without a dad is not normal. Yeah. And that was when like reality kind of slapped me in the face a little bit. I was like, oh, cause I mean, if we want to get, okay. So like it was in like fifth or sixth grade, you know, we had the talk, you know, the bird talk about yeah, birds. Yeah. And uh, we did it at school, you know, all the, okay. all the girls went with the, with the nurse and all the guys went with the gym teacher and they, they're showing us the, the videos and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Fast forward after that, uh, later in that day, I go home and my mom is my mom, a female, and she's talking to me about my guy stuff. Yeah. And it was at that point, I was like, this is not normal. Like this yeah. is. So yeah, that was kind of when I started to feel and realize like I'm different from everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean like most of the kids in your class was, did they have their dad around? I mean, was that, that was the normal thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Both mom and dad. Uh, sometimes either one parent or both would show up for school field trips. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so I realized like growing up, growing up without a dad was not normal. Um, and there was just like, yeah, growing up without a dad was not normal. And the fact that I'm, I mean, I knew I was black when I was in the third grade, but in the sixth grade, I'm like, like I live in the city, uh, you know, so even though I was going to a predominantly white Christian private school where I lived, it was mainly black and Puerto Ricans that lived in my area. So okay. those bus yeah. rides from my house to the school were just like, like you're going into a different world. But yeah, there's yeah. just a lot of things that hit me in middle school. And I guess to help me with my discomfort was I would, and I, I told my girlfriend this, like to help me with my discomfort with things is um, I would kind of put on a performance. I would act like a very, very stereotypical black guy. So I, gotcha. I'm walking around the halls talking about fried chicken and Kool-Aid. I'm acting very ghetto, you know, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm quoting lines from any and every hip hop song you could possibly think right, of. Right. And I was doing all of this just because like, one, I was uncomfortable and I'm trying to, I think if I could use humor, I figure if I could get people to laugh, I figure if I could put on some sort of character, it might help a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then about like eighth grade, I kind of started to see some of my classmates kind of go from laughing to, I kind of felt like people started, like my teachers and my classmates start, started to look at me like, wow, this guy's acting really like ghetto, like really hmm. like he's quoting way too much 50 cent right now <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in, the middle, right. in the middle of math class. Like what yeah. is happening? And if so, he says candy shop one more time. <laughs> right, right, right. Like what, like what is happening here, yeah. sir? Uh, <laughs> so I kind of felt like, Oh shoot. Like I'm putting on, on too much of a, of this blackface character. Mm. And uh, so then from there, like I would do stuff like I would try, well, Thanks to good, my good friend, Brian, like we became friends because we, he introduced me to a lot of different punk pop bands um, back in like the 2006, 2007, 2008 era. Mm -hmm. uh, 
punk rock and stuff. So I would listen to a lot of different bands, learn those songs, recite those during class. And then people would be like, oh, hey, you know that song or you know that band? Cool. And so then I was like, okay, they like me again. Yeah. All is well. And then ninth grade, I went to a public school for one year. And then by 10th grade, I was back to the private school that I went to and that I ended up graduating from. But um, um, ninth grade, I go to a public school. Again, it's predominantly Black and Latino, uh, Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I go in and I feel like I'm the white, like I'm the whitest Black guy in the classroom. Yeah. I get... I think I got called an Oreo because I'm black on the outside, but white on the inside. Oh, you sound like a white guy, da, 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 all this stuff. So I just felt super uncomfortable. And I'm like, I don't know where I fit in because at my one private school, I feel as if I'm acting too black. And at this public school, I feel like I am acting too white. And in the midst of all of that, I would walk to the public school in ninth grade I remember walking to school um, and I, I used to go early so that way I could get my homework done, whatever I didn't get done, I could finish there. Uh, one of the teachers, she was very like, hey, yeah, I'll let, I'll let you in the school building whenever you show up because she liked to come in early too. And I remember on handful of occasions walking to school and there being a cop car the cop car stops and then shines his flashlight at me. And then there's just this awkward, like 30 seconds of, okay, what's going to happen? What is yeah. he doing? What, yeah. what should I do? And then the car would drive off, but hmm. I definitely remember that. And I, I, I remember that. And that stays with me that is, yeah, it was weird. So hmm. yeah, for me, just, it was a lot of weird emotions from sixth grade, probably all the way to, senior year of high school of like am I too white am I too black I am black but I sound white cop shines his flashlight at me I don't know what I'm doing yeah I mean just like who are you supposed to be you know right right it was a lot of identity identity issues yeah Yeah. for sure yeah crazy well that was was well and I feel like that's for me personally, you know, stuff like this seems really far removed from Mm. where I am in Montana because we, you know, Montana is a very predominantly white state. Um, but the city that I live in Missoula, it's a university town. So we're a lot more diverse here. And I just grew up in a town where we just didn't encounter, you know, at least obvious racism. Um, because it just people are pretty loving and open here. So uh, to my own shame, I guess, when I hear about stuff like this on the news, and even initially with the whole George Floyd situation, my in my head, it's almost like, all right, well, like, we're not all racist, almost like just get over it kind of a thing, which is a really shameful thing for me to say, because I'm just I'm approaching everything through my own life you know in my life i've been accepted wherever i am i've been very accepting of people of color in my life i've never thought anything less of anyone so i'm like all right racism is it's not that big of a deal it's just a small handful of people but i realize it's just not and even if it even if 
you know, racists are a minority to, to basically expect someone like you or anyone of color to just treat things like I treat them just doesn't make any sense. And honestly, you posted something on Facebook or uh, Instagram or something a while back and you just, it was like, you know, it was funny. It was, you know, kind of laid back, but it was this disclaimer where you're like, Hey, you know, Hey world, if I'm, if I'm walking to the store and I'm wearing all black, it's cause I like to wear black, you know, or it's right. Right. I'm work, I mean, I, I use that trick. I, I wear, I'm, I'm getting the dad bod. So I wear black t-shirts, you know, to, to hide that little tummy <laughs> there. But, um, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not out to rob, you know, and stuff like that. And you, you listed off all these things. And honestly, that was something that kind of affected me because I was like, man, I would never have to put any sort of a disclaimer like that. Like I would never have to walk really anywhere. I mean, maybe some places in the States, but I really don't have to go anywhere with this thought in my head that like somebody might come after me or you mean somebody literally might shoot me or try to, you know, do some harm to me. And so, I mean, you posting something like that really, I mean, changed my perspective on a lot of things. This has been, I feel like a big growth thing for me, Mm. you know, just personally in just learning how to see things through other people's eyes and not just Mm. my own, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I posted what I, what I posted was that, that was something that I have had that, that like, that was a thought that I've had since the whole Trayvon Martin situation. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I finally got to it. Like I held on to this thought since Trayvon Martin, cause I see a lot of myself in both Trayvon and Ahmad Arbery, if I'm mm-hmm. pronouncing his name correctly. Um, I see a lot of myself in them because I'm like Trayvon to me, he was a kid walking to the corner store to get a snack late at night yeah. and was shot dead. Yeah. Ahmad Aubrey, again, hopefully Ahmad, it was a gentleman who was simply going for a run. Mm-hmm. And like, for, I mean, George Zimmerman, George Zimmerman was not a police officer. He was like, I guess, a neighborhood watchman or something. But sure. Ahmad, like these people that came after him, they weren't even police officers. These were just guys who you know, just wanted to go after him. And I'm like, so with like, with these two gentlemen, or it started with Trayvon, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a kid, I'm a guy who I like to go to the corner store at night to get a drink. I'm like, Mm -hmm. summertime, I have off from work, which means I get to stay up late. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I, you know, for me, I'm like, I'm going to treat myself by going to the corner store to get a soda and a bag of chips. I didn't, and back then I'm like, oh my God, like me going to the corner store, like this could be my last walk. Yeah. It's crazy. It's nuts to think about. And so for me, I want to, I wanted to let my, my family, my friends, my, my girlfriend and her family and friends know, like, Hey, if you see me, because I'm a rather large black man, super dark, but I'm like, if you see me walking at night, chances are I'm going to Turkey Hill to get a, to get a bag of chips Mm -hmm. or 
because my job, I work 4 a.m. to 12 p.m., so I'm up super early in the morning. So I'm like, if you see me walking, I'm either going to the store or I'm going to work. Yep. And I just want to make that very, very clear for people. So that way, you know, I don't want anyone calling the cops. And and, and, th- and this is stuff that I have to think about. Like when I, I leave to go to work, to go to the store, or to simply go for a run, I'm like, do I have a flashlight? Mm-hmm. Do I have my ID? Because if I do get pulled over, they're going to be like, who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing on this side of town? I'm like, mm-hmm. I have my ID. It says my name. I'm a local, you know, do I have yeah. my phone and is my phone fully charged? Uh, you know, and unfortunately I keep it in my pockets. Cause like, there's, I don't have like an armband where I can hold it, but I'm mm-hmm. like, is, do I have my phone is it fully charged? If I put my hands in my pockets, is this police officer? Like if I do get pulled over, is this police officer going to think I'm reaching for a gun? Right. Right. Like I got to make sure I have all my emergency contacts on standby. Like it's a it's a whole thought process for me. Uh, but I guess I wanted to make my intentions known, and that's why I posted what I posted because I want you to know, for your kids, for for Jana, for my girlfriend. Like I want everyone to know. If you ever see me, I'm a guy. I'm just exercising, or I'm going to work, or I'm going mm-hmm. to the store. Um, cause yeah, I'm not trying to die today. Listen, yeah, yeah. for for me, I'm like, I am not, no, 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 no. I'm not dying today. I'm not dying and I'm not going to jail and I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen to me or for my brother, for my nephew. So I'm like, no, yeah, I need to let people know what's up with me. Get to know me before you try to shoot me, call the cops or arrest me. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's, I mean, everything that you have to go through, just like you said, for a simple trip down to the store. I mean, that's like when I'm traveling to different countries, I have to think about where my things are, who's around me, stuff like that. But that's just every day, you know? Right, right, right. And I think, you know, I'm guilty of this mindset for a long time in my life of like, well, if, if they're not doing anything wrong, they don't have anything to worry about. But that's just not true. I mean, it's sometimes people are doing something wrong, but a lot of times they're just not. And, and right. even if they are doing something wrong, absolutely nobody deserves to be killed right on the spot for stuff like right. that. You know? Right. And that, that for me, has, I'm sorry to cut you, but that for me is one of the questions I, I'm stealing this question from someone who I heard like three or four years ago. It was on like Fox or CNN, but basically his question was when it comes to to black people and police officers. And at this point with black people, police officers, or, or, or why does, okay, I'll, I'll leave it with police officers. When it comes to things dealing with black people and police officers, why does it always have to involve death? Yeah. In some way I'm like, and if I could just get the answer, that would be great. But I'm like, why always, he got seven bullets to the chest. Yeah, yeah. You had to empty out a whole clip to dis- to restrain him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what is it? What is it about our culture that? I mean, I think there's multiple reasons why, you know, police officers specifically act the way they do. I think part of it is we've got maybe this culture that breeds this fearful idea, or this somehow for whatever reason 
if they're going to assume one way or the other, they're going to assume this person's going to try to hurt me, you know, mm -hmm. but it's not even trying yeah. to hurt me. This person's just going to try to kill me. So I have to overdo it, mm. you know, mm. to make sure that doesn't happen. Or, mm. you know, I mean, it's it, for whatever reason, there's a strong presence. It seems like of racism amongst police officers. So, you know, I guess my questions are, what are we as a society doing to, first of all, make police officers think that, they're going to die if they basically just simply interact with a black individual. Um, or what is it that our police force is not doing to weed these guys out? Because it's easy to mm -hmm. say, well, there's just a few bad ones, but this is a pretty bad track record, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that was good. No, that was good. Like you, Sometimes you get people who become police officers who they, they come into the force already with their preconceived ideas with mm -hmm. how they were raised and how they grew up. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you're going to become a police officer, doctor, nurse, teacher, like you got to know you are dealing with the public. You're like, yeah. and so that thing that your grandma, your grandpa, your father, mm -hmm. your dad, or your uncle taught you, like, you gotta like you i don't know you just have to learn how to like be diverse and like really be able to yeah. communicate with people yeah because you've got a gun too i mean that's you know yeah, 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 yeah. And, i mean there are people who are racist are you know in all kinds of walks of life but not all of them carry a sidearm you know and yeah, so yeah, yeah. And, and and i've been trained to use it so yeah i mean i think as I've been kind of mulling over all these things and trying to figure out what can we do. And you just kind of mentioned that, you know, here too, I think there needs to be, obviously there's gotta be a lot of love. There's gotta be a lot of understanding. There's gotta be diversity. I mean, I, another thing I was just hit with, I'm doing seminary studies right now and I've got a whole bookshelf full of theology and church history and all this stuff by like old white men. <laughs> it's, it's not that they don't have good things to say, but I'm just realizing that if the body of Christ is made up of people of all tribes and nations and tongues, I have to be able to see what other people are saying and be okay with differences, you know? Right, right. I'm a big, uh, I forget where, it, I brought my Bible just in case we wanted to dig in, but yeah. I, you know, I just brought it just in case, but some I, I'm a big believer that I serve a God. I worship a God who is the God of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So all generations, yeah. every tribe, every tongue, every language, praising and worshiping the Lord. I'm like, that's the type of God I serve. And so, yeah. Um, yeah so like, I want, I want the full body of Christ. I want, I want old people. I want white people. I want young Latino mm -hmm. people. I want women. Like I want, everyone because we don't all see we we only see in part we don't see the whole full yeah. picture of who jesus is and i want to yeah. be able you know bring your uh bring your worship bring bring your 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 culture into into christianity and let's yeah let's let's talk jesus and culture yeah all at the same time yeah no i sure. i used to you know i it, I used to say, you know, the whole like, well, you know, love is colorblind. God doesn't see color, things like that. But I think what I realized a while back was that's just like a way of sweeping it under the rug. Like, I don't want to talk about these issues. God doesn't care. But like, I, I can't remember who it was. 
Um, but basically the question was, if God is colorblind or God doesn't see color, then what's the point of making us all these different colors? You know, what's the, mm. what's the point of that? Why would he do that? I mean, so obviously right. every person, regardless of their color, they are this unique expression of the yes. body of Christ. If God yes. didn't see color, make us all white, make us all black, make us all gray, make us gray. just one color. Right. But obviously there's something in our differences that celebrates and worships him better than it could have been done, you know, if we were all just the same color, you know? Right. Oh, no, I 100% agree. So I don't, I mean, I think the struggle now that the church and us as believers are facing, we got to get that out into the world somehow, you know, we got to, we got to bring that change in somehow. But I think it starts with having these conversations with being willing to be around people that disagree, um, Mm. being more concerned about each other, even than like, our own patriotism, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's just, I'm kind of just spewing now, but. Yeah. As far as idea, like what can we do us as, as the church? Um, yeah. I would, re- I, for me personally, something that I would love to see in the church of America, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk for the church churches in Lancaster. Mm-hmm. I want every pastor every church in all 50 states, but I, if I could at least start with Lancaster and, or you start with, uh, uh, how do you say Missoula? Missoula, yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah, okay, Missoula. I'm like, hey, pastors, preachers of Missoula and Lancaster, like we, the congregation, like get them involved. Like we, again, for me, I would love to see us just humble ourselves, like, First of all, let's everyone get off the self, uh, self-righteousness high horse. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not the, our salvation, our holiness, our righteousness, our purity, the fruits of the spirit, keyword being spirit, not you, Nate, or me, Kyle, the fruit that's of good. the spirit, yeah, all good. of this that's going on in my mind and my heart and my soul. This is God. This was Jesus. This was the cross. So I am happy that you are clean and sober of drugs, porn, alcohol, whatever. That wasn't you. That was the Lord. Yeah. That's and that it's still the Lord that's working in you. So first humble, very, very humble ourselves in that humility, like repent, like we messed, like I'll be, I'll at least speak for me, but like, again, as a congregation, as churches, like really like we messed up, you know, there, there, mm-hmm. we, we let some people fall by the wayside because we were too busy going after whatever we thought, you know, the big thing. And we let a lot of people slip mm-hmm. and a lot of people got hurt. A lot of people left. A lot of people got burnt out in the church. A lot of people left Christianity because they're like, yo, like I asked this guy for prayer he kind of brushed me off. I asked for a discipleship. She kind of brushed me off. Mm. I came to them about this sin. They shamed me and then yeah. brushed me off. Yeah. I'm like, ah, like, mm. so humility, we got to repent, repent to the Lord. Like God, like fix us, change us, remind mm-hmm. us of why we're doing this Christian walk and remind us of where we came from. And like, yeah. And that it's you that's, it's, it's Jesus that's working it on the 
inside of me. Yeah. And then I think from there, like really going out to the, to the public and try to make amends and try to reconcile, however that looks like, whether that's street evangelism, hanging out at the homeless shelter, a couple times, whatever that looks like, but really getting out there to the public and like really just being the hands and feet of Jesus, preach the gospel, make disciples and really, and, and move with love, grace, mercy, humility, and compassion, sympathy, empathy. Uh, We want to be Christ-like. I want to be Christ-like. And I think some of the values that are like Christ are things like patience or sympathy, empathy, um, and compassion. In, mm-hmm. in scripture, Jesus was like, and he saw this person with compassion or yeah, yeah. he moved with compassion. And it's like, mm-hmm. that might've been something I think we forgot. Yeah. And if we could get back to that, we might be able to see some real, some real change. So I think those are just a couple of steps. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm ranting, but no, honestly, I'm about to hand my whole podcast over to you from now on. And you <laughs> word about God with Kyle Jones. Um, <laughs> no. And you, you, I mean, you just quoted, you know, Jesus, he looked on this person with compassion. You know, that reminds me, I remember when the blackout Tuesday thing happened and mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just, I, for whatever reason, I don't like doing trends any, anyways and so I kind of I was like is this just a trend but the thing that finally convinced me to post something is I'm looking down at all these other like you know my whole feed that day is black you know Christians right right feeds black square you know the coffee shops bands you know all it's all black but then like every once in a while there's a post from like this really hyped up Christian that would say something like you know there's no difference, you know, between skin color. I don't need to do a, a, a blackout Tuesday to prove to people that I love them. I don't, you know, whatever, mm. you know, this is just going to cause division. And I realized that so many Christians on my feed just were not showing compassion. It wasn't about, you know, going along with a trend. I, in my mind, I was like, no, I actually have, you know, and I thought about your post. I was like, I have people in my life that if this happened, the same thing that happened to George Floyd happened to them or any of these other people happened to them, I'd be devastated. I mean, I have people in my life like you and other friends that if this happened to them, I would be crushed. So it wasn't, it, it, it was almost this lack of compassion in a lot of yeah. Christians reactions to this that I was like, no, I don't care what, if people misunderstand this, this, this needs to be something where people just understand that I love my black friends and family and I stand with and not even just them, but everybody out there, like people need to know that the only place where this unity and this healing can come is, is in Christ. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. uh, Like because it's police brutality and racism. So, you know, it's Christians. We need to be able to, you like, I don't know about you, but like, I, I want, I want churches all in all 50 States in America, every church in America, whoever listens to this podcast to all the people in Kona, Missoula, Lancaster, and whoever else that listens to this, like next time you go to church, when, when everything slowly opens up, if it mm-hmm. hasn't already in your state, like look at your church, there are people uh, uh, of different 
ethnicities, hopefully, but like mm-hmm. make sure that they feel comforted and supported. Like yeah. fight for your fight for your family. Mm. We since we're all brothers and sisters, fight for your family. Pray yeah. with them, cry with them, grieve when they grieve, rejoice when they're when they rejoice, and like let's really like if we're going to be the body of Christ, if we're going to be brothers and sisters in Christ, and if we are going to be the bride in Christ and we got to be one and we really got to like link arms and like really, really do this thing together. So like, I understand for some people, cause you know, for me, I try to see things from both sides. I try to be open-minded and, and listen. And I try to listen without judging, but mm-hmm. people are like, Oh, I don't see color or I don't see why I got to do this or da, 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 whatever. I'm like, Think about the black guy who sits in the back row of your church or mm-hmm. to the Asian girl who leads worship, whoever. How, how, how are they feeling right now? How are they doing right now with this, yeah. with, with, with this social injustice? Mm-hmm. Pray, pray with them, pray for them, fight with them, fight for them and just let them know. I'm with you. Yeah. So good. Seriously. I, I, I'm not an emotional guy, but I I'm sitting here like tearing up listening to you talk. So you, <laughs> yeah. you're bringing it out of me. Um, mm. Yeah, no, dude, I just, I so appreciate you just you <laughs> specifically, <laughs> but uh, I so appreciate you just coming on and sharing your heart. Um, and I mean, just really speaking so much truth into this, that's really, you know, you're pulling from the word, you're pulling from Christ. You're not just, you know, you're human and you're reacting to this, but you are, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, I so appreciate your input and your, and your position Thank you. and your Thank opinions you. on this. Um, I mean, anything else that you just, anything else you want to sign off with before we end this, anything else you want to say to the world? I mean, not that the entire world listens to this podcast, but (laughs) I say, gosh, uh, maybe, maybe there'll be a part to your about the, I don't know. Cause uh, I just, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of questions, comments, and concerns. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll speak for me. Like I, I will speak for me, Kyle Jones, black guy for anyone listening to this podcast for any, all, everyone in Missoula, Lancaster, Kona for any Christian out there. Listen, I understand not all cops are bad cops. Not all white people are racist. Not all black people are thugs. Not every Mexican brings drugs in into the U S. So I know that I understand that, Uh, you know, as far as black on black crime goes, listen, black people, we grieve like, I grieve anytime I hear about a four-year-old girl being shot and, and, and you know, be dying because a bullet ricocheted off a brick wall because some wannabe thug has very bad aim, mm-hmm. you know? So gun violence is a real thing. Trust me, my heart hurts and I want to riot and protest mm-hmm. when it comes to all things black on black crimes. You got to get the guns and drugs off the street and trust me, the black community we're trying and we're working on it. Yeah. We understand, we do know, we know not all white people are bad. Not all cops are bad. We're upset about the few bad apples and we want to see them be 
out, like, mm -hmm. get, like get them out of here. And for me, I just want to be, I want to see Christians stand up and speak out and just yeah. really, again, uh, be a pillar for your black brothers and sisters, for your brown brothers and sisters. Um, and let's really like, let's be a light. Like, let's, let's really be out here. Like, you know, like I said, like, let's be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's get back to being intentional uh, with walking with people, with discipleship. Let's um, be sympathetic, empathetic, and let's move with compassion. And um, let's get back to the gospel because, yeah. uh, you know, the gospel kind of got twisted. And we can talk about that later, but I feel like the gospel kind of got twisted and messed with a lot of people. And I'm like, whether that was done on purpose or, or by accident, again, whole nother conversation, but like, we need to get back to the gospel and yeah, we, um, let's get back to the cross. Um, let me think anything else to like end all this. I think, I think, I think that's it. I think, yeah, yeah. I think that might be all. Awesome. <laughs> Very well said. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, dude. I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate your time. Appreciate mm. you coming on here, helping me out. Um, yeah. yeah. Love you, bro. Oh, I love you, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely.